Today, we have the honor of musician Wake Moody being here with us today. Wake is an up-and-coming artist from Durham, North Carolina. His music is built on old-school R&B, rock, and modern pop. He says his music stays focused on good vibes, while the lyrics often deal with something more conflicted. His inspirations range from Daniel Caesar to Frank Ocean to Earth, Wind & Fire. So thank you so much for being here with us today, Wake. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. So tell us a little bit about your work so far and what does being a musician entail? Uh, for me, it entails a lot. I am very fortunate to be making my living as a musician. Uh, it didn't happen for a while, but it finally happened. Uh, I do a lot. I play a lot of cover gigs where you're just playing, you know, uh, Wagon Wheel, Wonderwall, whatever. Uh, and I do a lot of original music and I produce other people's original music. And I work at a studio where I do editing and uh, I am in a cover band and I do some booking for uh, the bar Second Wind in Carborough. Uh, that hasn't, of course, been happening during the pandemic. <laughs> but uh, I yeah. So being a musician for me, it's just all over the place, which is good because I otherwise I don't know if I'd have the attention span for it, even though I love it. Right. That's amazing. And it sounds like you're really involved in all kinds of different musical endeavors. So how would you describe your music to someone who's never heard it before? Uh, my music, I, I try to say that it's like a R&B pop leaning more towards the R&B. I grew up with a lot of like Al Green and Bill Withers and that sort of stuff playing in my, and Earth, Wind and Fire, especially playing in my house. And now I really connected with people like, uh, like you mentioned earlier, Daniel Caesar, Frank Ocean. I love James Blake. Uh, all that stuff. So uh, it's like an R&B pop with a little bit of, I don't know, classic rock in there. Cause of course I heard the Eagles growing up too, but mm -hmm. yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I try to make just feel good music. Mm -hmm. I, I, I just want to make people stay better. So that's what <laughs> I do. I love that. And so you're saying you grew up listening to these bands and artists, but has music always been a part of your life? I mean, peripherally, sure. But uh, actually, no, I was pretty late getting into music. I don't know what it was like for you. I don't know what it was like for most people. But for me, there was this time in middle school where all the boys got into classic rock at the same time. And suddenly everyone is like eighth grade. And suddenly everyone was passing around burnt CDs. <laughs> Remember those? Uh, <laughs> they were passing around burnt CDs of uh, Led Zeppelin and Jet and Pink Floyd and Black Sabbath and all this stuff. And uh, then my parents got a bunch of CDs for Christmas. And so then I was hooked. So I, I really got into, uh, kind of weirdly enough, Pink Floyd and U2 mm -hmm. were like the two really big ones. It's kind of the opposite of the music I make now. But uh, that's what I got really into at first around middle school. But before then, like, I was one of those kids who... If you played me a Beatles song, I couldn't tell you if it was Paul McCartney or John Lennon singing. I literally couldn't tell one voice from the other. I, I just like, I don't know. Once once I got into it, I really got into it. But before then, it was just, you know, I, I would I would dance to stuff. I was one of those kids who danced to, me, to, danced to music. No choreography. Just flopping around. Just flopping around. Love that. So you yeah. said some of your musical inspirations, but what inspires you to make music? Ooh, well, uh, ooh, that's the question. Um, <laughs> it depends on the day. Uh, honestly, 
I mean, I love music. It's fun. It makes me feel good. It makes other people feel good. I think one of the big things is that it still feels like I'm getting away with something <laughs> when I make music. Like, I'm still just sort of like, wow, I didn't have to go, you know, get some other job. I can do this. Like, it just every day I wake up and I'm like, oh, my God, I don't have to get up for school. Right. I, don't have to, I don't have to go, like, put my apron on and wait tables or whatever, which I did do for a while. Um, it's, it's just really nice. It feels like I'm living my life. Yeah. It's really nice. Also, I, yeah, I also, I love, I love the fact that people are charmed by what I do. I love the fact that people just have this sort of joy about it. That makes me really happy, which I know most jobs, people kind of take you for granted. I think musicians can be a little spoiled sometimes that uh, people are always so appreciative of them. And I, I really appreciate that part about it. Right. Definitely living the dream. That's amazing. So in addition to creating music, have you ever performed any live shows? Oh, yes, I have performed some live <laughs> shows. Uh, I wouldn't I, I don't know if I could even tell you my body count on that one, but it's it, it's been a lot. It is literally how I pay my rent was playing live shows mm -hmm. before the pandemic happened. So I was up to like three or four a week. Wow. I mean, my I think my record, depending on how you do the math, I think I did seven shows in six days. And the one time I did five shows in three days. Wow. Uh, it, it just, it, it was a lot, but it was fun. I loved it. And I have to use past tense there because not a lot of it has been happening right now. But right. yeah, I, lots, lots of live shows. Yeah. I mean, that sounds very busy, but it is, I'm sure it's very rewarding. You're doing what you love. What's some of your favorite venues that you've ever played at? Hmm. Uh, I, I have certain sentimental attachments to certain venues. Like I used to play at West End Wine Bar on Franklin Street. Mm -hmm. I would play there every weekend, uh, every Friday or Saturday, unless I had a, another gig somewhere else. That was the arrangement. And, uh, you know, that was like my uh, sort of learning curve gig. And there were good nights and bad nights, but I have a really fond attachment to that place. But I also love Cat's Cradle. Mm -hmm. um local 506 i mean i've been playing there probably like for 10 years which is a very old sentence uh but i it's just always been nice i hope it i really hope that they all make it through the uh the pandemic and then there's other random places like petra's out in charlotte where i've only played once but ever since then i've been like well i gotta go play there again right of course and so yeah. i know that cat's cradle is a place that's very close to um People in Chapel Hill and Carborough's heart. So how was performing there? Performing there? So I have only gotten to play. So you know there's a front room in the back room. I've only gotten to play the front room a couple times in my life. And it is just one of those weird, sacred experiences where you it it just feels special right. every time. And I'm not saying that to be like, oh, you know, I've done it nine times and it's still cool. I mean, like, no, I've barely done it. I'm st I still get up there and I'm like reverent of like, do I belong up here? Do I deserve this? It's such a gorgeous space. Right. And the back room is cool too. The front room is really where it's at. I know we just did a uh, live stream that Cast Cradle was uh, kind enough to have me onto, me and Emily Muslino and a couple other people, where uh, they had us all on the front stage and we did this little songwriters in the round thing. Even with no audience there and just cameras, 
it still felt like one of the coolest shows I'd ever played just because of the cast cradle space. It's so, it's so nice. It really is. So you definitely have such an impressive um, performance resume and performing at Cat's Cradle oh, is such an honor. So that's incredible. Um, thank you. I hope I, I hope I didn't sound like one of those people on a first date who's like, you should see the <laughs> other people I've dated. Like, no, you didn't. I hope, I hope I didn't have that much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so obviously you can't do live shows right now um, due to the COVID-19 outbreak. So mm-hmm. people are turning a lot um I'm backed almost all to online entertainment during this time. So do you think that more people are streaming your songs during this time since they're stuck at home? And how are you adapting to producing music entirely from home? Hmm. Well, I hope they're streaming my songs. According to my um, artist for Spotify uh, page that I get to look at, it doesn't look like they are, but maybe they are. I don't know. (laughs) But I'm sure they love me. But uh, I have tried very hard to adapt. I knew nothing about live streaming, had literally never done one in my whole life. Uh, I'm sure like lots of other people just had to figure things out. I did in the month of April, like I completely paid my rent and everything through live streams. I must have done like 10 or 12 of them. And I worked really hard on them. And they were TBH, very bad at the beginning. I did not know what I was doing. But now I kind of do. I even sort of put together a new computer for live streaming because my old one was not good. It just it just didn't really work the way it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I'm probably going to be stuck inside for a while. I'd better learn to do this right and start investing in it, even though, you know, money's tight right now, but making it work. But yes, lots and lots and lots of live streaming. Yes, lots of live streaming. Definitely good to adapt. Um, do you see music production always being a part of your life? Ooh, I hope so. I love it. Wow, I feel like that's been my answer to everything. No, I really, <laughs> love it. I really do. I really do love producing for other people. Uh, have you seen that David Foster documentary that's out on Netflix? I don't think so, actually. I need to check you, that out. You, you should. It's very, uh, I don't know uh, your lifestyle, but apparently it's very R-rated. But uh, I, I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard good things. But uh, he's a producer type who worked with like Whitney Houston and Celine Dion and Earth, Wind and Fire. He wrote one of my favorite Earth, Wind and Fire songs. And uh, my mom, she hasn't seen the documentary. And maybe if she did, she'd feel differently. But she loves him. She's yeah. obsessed with him. And uh, she always says, Gabe, I think, or, sorry, Wake, I think you'll be like a producer type. Mm-hmm. I think you'll be like a David Foster type you know, helping other people, which normally could sound like, cause you don't deserve to do your own music, but I know how she means it. She means it like you have the power to help other people. And, uh, I hope I do. Uh, it's really fun to produce other people. It's really satisfying. And it's a very, um, not selfish feeling, which is mm-hmm. a good place to be in, in the music community, because it feels like most people at the end of the day, they're just kind of, especially when you're young, you don't even realize the extent to which you're just kind of looking out for yourself. So it's nice to temper that and humble yourself and focus on other people's art, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with that. That's amazing. Um, And so you're talking about helping people uh, through your music. And, but I also saw that you've been involved in a social justice fundraiser for the black lives matter movement. Can you elaborate Mm -hmm. more on your work with that? Sure. I will elaborate carefully because I generally don't know what I'm talking about and don't want to say anything stupid, but uh, 
overall. I saw that the number one way, not number one way, but a sort of easy to figure out way that white folks like myself could help was to just raise money Mm -hmm. and give it to the people who needed it. So I thought that's something I know how to do. And I talked to a lot of people in my family and asked if they would be willing to match donations because I really wanted to make it, uh, I wanted to incentivize donations. So Mm -hmm. I got, thankfully, a bunch of, even some of the more uh, conservative folks in my family, I was a little surprised I got them to uh, match some donations. And uh, so we ended up raising $4,000 total for Act Blues um, Community Bail Fund and then for the NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund, which, uh, again, I don't know anything, but I picked those two because one felt very short-term and one felt very long-term. One felt very, like, on the ground and sort of, like, just in the hands of the people, and one felt very structural and, like, working within the system. Mm -hmm. I felt like it was good to have both. Well, that sounds but, uh, like a very successful fundraiser. It, 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 I, I worked my butt off to I make bet, it happen. Yeah. But again, that's not the important part of it. But uh, we did a, we, I had some incentives that I came up with right at the end to try to raise money. I had it where, God, let me see if I can remember. When we raised $500, I played a song with socks on my hands <laughs> for the piano. That was not easy. Then uh, for $1,000, I played a song with a bucket on my head that also was not easy for $1,500 I played a song with a cut lemon in my mouth I did I can't feel my face and I couldn't (laughs) I could not feel it Uh, (laughs) for 2000 I did a I sat on the piano so like my legs were on the piano it was (laughs) weirdly that weirdly that was the hardest one like I don't do yoga but apparently I did yoga for the length of that song yeah, well, it worked. So. And then, yeah. And then 2,500, we did, uh, I did a song as Stitch from Lilo and Stitch, the Ohana family, that thing. And uh, that was the easiest one, but also the weirdest. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we we worked hard to make it happen. I had my bandmates, Keenan Jenkins and TJ, working with me. Uh, I hope I haven't talked about this too much because this should have been an easy question. But, yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, it's super important to give back to the community any way you can. So kudos to you for that. Um, Also, going back to live streaming, I know you have an upcoming live stream. Can you tell me more about that? Uh, Yes, I have one uh, tomorrow, or I guess when this comes out, it'll be uh, tonight. Mm -hmm. Uh, It'll be coming out a couple hours uh, before the live stream. Me, actually the same two people I mentioned, uh, my guitarist, Keenan Jenkins, talented guy and my bass player tj richardson also talented but uh he's gonna be playing cajon and percussion long story short uh, it's 8 p.m on facebook we're gonna be playing at emerge in raleigh do not go to the venue it's not the time for it but you can watch the video online and uh we'll be there and you can donate if you want to and uh, the money will be split between us and the venue because uh, we both need the support so yeah i would love it if you watched i think it'll be real good yeah. Okay. So everyone listening, don't go to the venue, but go to Wake's Facebook page. <laughs> and can they just search Wake Moody and Facebook? And that should uh, be where they can access the live stream. Yes. Okay. Or you could, or they can look up the venue Emerge, which just has the most hipster spelling ever. It's I M U R J. That is not how I would guess it would be spelled. I know. It's like 
every letter in that word is a fresh surprise. Yeah, it's very surprising. <laughs> um, so do you have any other music that you're currently working on or any upcoming projects? Uh, yes, I am always sort of, I have some sort of slow burn process going on with my own music. I'm always working on something a little bit, just sort of a nervous habit at this point. I always feel like I'm working on something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am producing a new song for my guitarist, Keenan Jingis, who performs as XOXOK. He just had one song that I produced for him come out called Right On that I'm very, very proud of how that turned out. I was very uh, grateful that he let me be a part of that. And then this Friday, he has another song coming out called um, I'll Be Fine, which I also produced. And then I'm producing another song with him right now. Uh, Crazy thing about this one is we can't go to a studio because of the pandemic. So we are doing this one entirely from home. Wow. And we're trying to, you know, not make it sound like we did it from home. So that's that's been the challenge. Which I know um, I'm not. I'm not Taylor Swift. I don't just have like a pool in one room <laughs> and like a full quality home recording studio in one. Uh. I'm like trying to make my you know living room not sound like a living room when I record <laughs> guitars. You know, so we'll see. But yeah, that uh, hopefully he he made a joke to me about trying to have a song every season this year. Mm-hmm. So he got spring, and this Friday he'll put one out for summer. So maybe that one will come out in the fall. Nice. Yeah. Well, I'm sure this is what our listeners have been waiting for. I'm sure we'd all (laughs) love to hear some of your songs. So I'm going to play first um, one of my personal favorites, which is Won't Let Go. Uh, But before I play this, I would love to get your insight on what the song is about and your inspiration for it and maybe some backstory. Thank you. Uh, I'm glad you like this one. Uh, This song took me very long time to write not for any emotional reason i just like kept doing it badly and had to start over <laughs> but uh i think i spent like 30 hours writing this song and i was like it couldn't possibly be worth it and then at the end i was like no nah, you know i'm i'm glad i did it. i'm glad i pushed through because i'm really proud of this one people tell me it has like a bgs or like an earth wind and fire vibe to it which makes me very happy uh this song uh is about unrequited love and it's in a minor key and that makes it sound like it's going to be very sad but then it's not it's like this fun little disco song and uh it is sort of about a relationship semi-relationship i went through in like 2012 and i just had never really put my own music out so it even all the way up to like 2018 2019 i still hadn't actually written and put out any songs about it Mm-hmm. So like the whole EP is basically about uh, that relationship that happened like seven years earlier. And I'm just finally like, basically I'm just finally cleaning out that corner of my garage that I never got to emotionally. Right. <laughs> maybe, maybe you are like Taylor Swift in that regard. Oh yeah. Um, when was this <laughs> released? Uh, it came out last year in March and uh, most of the songs on the EP uh, I wrote like four years earlier, but this one I actually wrote just the year before. So it's kind of the most recent one on the EP. But yeah, it came out 2019. Oh, nice. So here is Won't Let Go by Wig Moody. I am not a part-time lover. I am not 
your latest friend I am more than what you wanted to do so it's on But I won't let go, baby, you're the only one I can't give you up, take me in your arms Tell me everything's alright Tell me we can spend the night And I won't let go till we finally make this The next Wake Moody song I'm going to feature is Please Stop Calling Me. So, Wake, tell me more about what into the what went into the creation of this song. I was watching a lot of Vine 
when I wrote this song. <laughs> like a, like hours a day, more than I wanted to. I didn't even like Vine, and I was watching it that much. Like it's kind of trash, but it's kind of amazing. <laughs> I don't even know how to put it. But I so just somewhere in my in my limbic system and my spiritual energy was this appreciation of like sort of fu songs or <laughs> just this feeling that like a song where it only takes you three seconds to tell someone what you feel. So in my head, I had this idea of like, if someone is calling you and you just like, come on, don't do that now. It's just like, please stop calling me. <laughs> you know? And, uh, also, uh, I, <laughs> this is a little embarrassing. I was getting like five spam calls a day at this time in my life to the point where I was, I would literally yell, please stop calling me at the phone every time I got a new call. Basically, those two ingredients turned into this song, which is actually more of, I actually kind of call this song like the booty call song. Because it's about getting that call at two in the morning from someone who uh, should know better than to do that. Y'all have that history. Y'all know not to do that anymore. But they're mm-hmm. drunk and they're like, well, maybe, maybe we couldn't. You're like, no, I'm getting my eight hours. Please kindly leave me alone and maybe try again in the morning. Goodbye. <laughs> right. Well, don't call away, guys. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, if if we have business. Yes, if you have business, it's okay. Um, my my people will connect with your people. True. Also, that reminds me, I do miss Vine a lot. Um, I do. Do you ever go, do you ever watch those uh, Vine compilations on I YouTube? I do. Yes, embarrassingly more than I should. I don't know if it's that embarrassing. Uh, I had a good friend of mine tell me that those are really good for anxiety because they just come and go so quickly. It's like six seconds that it like keeps you from dwelling on any one thought too long. I believe long. it. I believe so it. Basically, so basically it's like can't afford a therapist. Fine compilation. So watch some All mine, yeah. <laughs> and it definitely brings that. back some nostalgia too. <laughs> if you can't find a therapist, just go Google vines that butter my bread and you'll be good. For at least 10 minutes. <laughs> Take notes, guys. So yeah. <laughs> here is Please Stop Calling Me by Wake Moody. It's 2 a.m. I hear the ring and my eyes open heavy breathing when I pick up the phone. It's you again, you're slow and sweetly. You were hoping you could see if I was sleeping alone. And I said, Please stop calling me. I can't give you what you need. Take, baby. 
Next time, you got bright ideas and boxed wine. And you think about changing my mind. Just don't. There's no way we can't find a good reason. We should read my keep your hands off of my landline. No. So, baby, next time, you got bright ideas and boxed wine. And you think about changing my mind. Just don't. There's no way we can't find a good reason. We should read my off of my land to play right on by xoxok which is a song that you produce can you elaborate on this song uh yes this is by my good friend keenan jenkins he's also my uh guitarist and backup singer kind of my musical right hand man he is someone who has believed in me for a very long time and uh, very proactively i remember he uh we were kind of in the same scene for a while we both went to unc we know each other forever mm-hmm. And after shows, he would come up to me and say, hey, uh, do you uh, have a band? I'm like, I don't know yet. He's like, do you need a guitarist? And I was like, I don't know. And he'd say, can I be your guitarist? And I'd say, I don't know. And he'd say, you know, I'm going to keep asking you, right? <laughs> and I'd say, yeah. And he kept asking. And eventually, he just was my guitarist. And a very, very good decision. But uh, I am thrilled that he led me into his world and let me work with his music. This is a... Uh, a really beautiful song he wrote about the uh, tragedy of uh, racially motivated murder, particularly uh, with police, and is a song that, as he said, everyone is telling him how timely the song feels, but he knows that he could have put it out at any moment and it would have felt relevant, which is the real tragedy. But mm-hmm. it's a it's a beautiful song that I was happy he let me be a part of. Mm-hmm. So here is Right On by XOXOK.
going to feature a song that is off of your EP uh, called The One I Love. So can you give us some backstory to this song? Mm, absolutely. I would love to. So I used to write a lot of, I, I always <laughs> introduce this song this way on stage, but uh, uh, I used to write a lot of like sort of 90% love songs where I would get, it would seem like a regular love song and then I have to like throw some drama in there <laughs> just to keep things interesting spice it up and yeah i don't know i just felt like i don't know i was like oh i have to be like i don't know the weekend or something <laughs> even though i'm like personality wise the opposite of the weekend but, and hair wise but uh <laughs> he uh i would have these songs that are, i was like let me make this more like 500 days of summer or something we're like oh it's good but it's bad and yada yada and then finally i was like i need to just be vulnerable and write a real dang love song and so i did and this was the first real, you know, 100% love song I ever wrote. And it uh, helped me get in touch with my feelings a little more. But I'm uh, really, really, I'm, I'm really, really happy with this song. It's the one I always most look forward to playing when I'm on stage, especially with my uh, the vocalists in the band. Like I mentioned, Keenan Jenkins, but then there's Azul Zapata. She's very talented and they, it's just the best feeling in the world to sing with them. And I, I really miss singing with them on Aww. stage. Yeah. Well, here is The One I Love by Wake Moody. Your hands, your hands can always Love 
To wrap it up, this is one that you guys should be even more excited to hear because it's a <laughs> demo song from Wake. Um, is it out for public li- a listening yet? Not even a little bit. Not I literally just had to, I had to bounce the file just to send it to you. <laughs> wow, this is a very special song. So get ready. Uh, this is Lady by Wake Moody. But can you tell me about this song before we play it? Um, sure. Uh, all I'll say is I was listening to a lot of Maxwell, like a lot of Maxwell, like a medically not recommended amount of Maxwell <laughs> before I wrote this song. And uh, it is, I remember uh, this song, sometimes I have to sort of, it's not my dirtiest song, but it's like my second dirtiest, song, <laughs> you know? Talk so I, it's not, it's not too dirty for radio. Don't worry. But, uh, uh, there have been situations like I played the state fair, uh, the NC state fair, which yeah. was really fun. And, uh, I remember I played a show where I knew a bunch of folks from the, uh, the church I play for were coming out 
And both times I had to sort of like, Uh (laughs) I had to like contextualize it a little bit. Like at the state fair, I said, we're playing this song to see how dirty we can get away with being at the state fair. (laughs) And then with, and then, uh, the church, oh my God, they, uh, (laughs) they looked at me, they looked at me differently. (laughs) Not invited back. Oh, it's all good. But yeah, but, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to be sharing this song. It's one I'm proud of and I am really looking forward to recording it everything awesome well here is a super top secret wig moody song called lady
What is your website and social media handles for our listeners who want to stay up to date on your music and what you're doing next? Mm, it is pretty straightforward. Yeah, my website is wakemoody.com. My Instagram is wakemoody. My <laughs> Facebook is facebook.com slash wakemoody. Uh, pretty much, if it's wakemoody, it's me. Can't <laughs> go wrong. It's pretty easy to remember, I would say. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. So, Wake, thank you so much for being here with us today. I love your music. Thank you for sharing with it with us today. It was such a pleasure to have you on the show, and I look forward to listening to what you create next. Thank you so much, Madison. I've had such a wonderful time uh, talking to you, talking at you, talking with you. <laughs> it's been great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. Thanks again for listening to the Madison Ward Show on WCOM 103.5. I'll see you next Thursday at 6 p.m.